first in Sweden. Thank you. Hi, nice to be here. Uh, you were really early on the Swedish voice market and are truly a voice first company or an audio first company. Yeah. Uh, you have invaluable experience and insights from a Swedish but also European perspective since you're the chairman of a public service voice group called Vox. Yeah. Okay, can you start by telling a little bit about your work and what you do at the public Swedish radio or the public broadcaster in, in Sweden? Yeah, we, we, <clears throat> we have. Uh, since about three years ago started working with uh, voice assistants. We started first with Alexa, uh, of course, because that was, it wasn't any Google Home around or Google Assistant around uh, uh, for real. And then, um, so we formed a very small but very precise team called PlayX, uh, Play on External Platforms, uh, that was working on experimentations around uh, uh, different types of, of platforms like Alexa and later on uh, Google Home or Google Assistant. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, so we started by doing quite basic skills on Alexa with uh, all our channels uh, uh, and of course uh, the flash briefing functionality where you can actually have uh, our newscasts um, if you say, give me the news, you will have what you have decided on uh, before what you want to have. So you will have, uh, for instance, uh, Swedish Radio Ekot or another news provider that you want. Um, the problem was, of course, uh, always that it was in English. Uh, so you had to uh, navigate around like a very bizarre swinglish uh, feeling so if yeah. you I mean, you were actually able to start Petrie documentary, but you could and Peter documentary was okay, but uh, the show Tendance or Many for a True, then it got really messy. So, yeah. uh, but of course, the live channel, the main channels, is quite easy to, to navigate around. We had this problem in the beginning where you actually asked for uh, P1, and uh, I was kind of amused where you got Dr. P1, uh, that is the Danish DR P1, uh, and he actually said Dr. P1, that was quite fun. Um, but uh, so that was what we did. And then we uh, uh, started talking with Google or we were we understood that they were going to launch uh, Google Assistant on Swedish. It was around on English, of course. Uh, so we had done quite serious experimentations with that as well. Uh, and then uh, and that was ex kind of exactly a year ago. Yeah, but we started working with it perhaps oh, okay. two years ago. Uh, uh, I think that we, uh, yes, around two years ago, we started working with it just on English. Uh, this kind of technology is very much about trying to understand how it is working. How, how do you have? How do you do it? Uh, it's not actually not to do a very basic skill. It's not that hard or basic action. That is actually quite easy, but to do it good and to understand what the audience or the listeners. Uh, think is a natural process. That is the that is the problem actually, uh, and we try to experiment uh, around different layers, you could say, uh, on on Google. So when uh, Google Assistant were launched on Swedish, uh, that was one and a half year ago. It was during the summer uh, or late summer, two thousand eighteen. It must have been. Uh, and then later on with the Google Home device uh, in October, November, yeah. 
we were quite ready. We were we we understood what we should do. We understood our our position in this ecosystem. We weren't pleased with the, uh, really pleased with the uh, position because we think that they have kind of neglected radio in a way. Uh, but um, but we understood what we had to do. So we quite when they released it, we were like up and running. So then you, you've been around uh, since the, the, the beginning. How is the backbone, how is the technique um, developed during this year? I mean, Swedish is a really small language and it's a much better experience in English for me, at least. So have you noticed that had it been uh, better in understanding the intents and... Uh... Actually, not that much, a bit. Uh, I know that this, uh, it was this this very obvious and very fun first generation was when you asked what is the time and the answer was well the time is a construction uh, where you have <laughs> that is built around seconds and uh, yeah <laughs> yes uh, and they changed that quite fast because that was more like a laughing stock thing but uh, I, I I tend to think that you can hear when they're trying to adjust the algorithm or when they're trying to boost the understanding of the, of the assistant is when it starts to get really sensitive. Yeah. And right now, I think they're in a flow where the the Google Assistant give this quite massive amount of false acceptance. It starts to listening to stuff that is yeah. not at all close to Hey Google or OK Google. So it has this wake word that is a hot word. It starts to imagine hot words. Um, I don't know why, uh, but I've, I've noticed that on a very personal level because I have a lot of these stuff at home and it yeah. starts to listen quite frequently now. Yeah. Uh, were your uh, actions revoked a couple of weeks ago when Google had that uh, security breach from SRI? Some of them, yes. Some of them, yes. But now they're up again. Yeah. It was only a couple of days, but... Yeah. Um, it was a major thing, uh, and I, I understand them. I understand that they had to do this. I think they uh, they had to uh, make an overview. We didn't take it personally. They, they, they did it on a massive scale, so it, yes, was, uh, it was not attempted uh, towards us or any other public broadcasters. Uh, but uh, it's now resolved. Yeah. And in my understanding, it was uh, due to a security breach that you could have the system listening for a, a very long time. Yeah, yeah I, I think so too. I, I don't know actually. I've, I've only read stuff yeah. as well, as you have. Uh, yeah. But I, I, and we have communicated with Google, of course, but they, uh, they haven't been like very. Uh, they haven't explained it in, in any deeper sense than they had to do it in order to review all the apps or actions. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so how do you work with developing uh, voice services or, and, and new voice services? Yeah. I kind of think that... Uh, and this is actually something that I say today. Tomorrow I'll probably say something completely different because it's super fast. Uh, for me, it's like, you could say it's three different levels. Uh, the first level is that you should be available. 
So it's it's three different A's, this uh, three, three steps. <laughs> the first one is available. Uh, so every content that we have should be as easy as possible or in the easiest way available for the audience. Uh, if I want to listen to Manifold True from the 12th of September or Manifold True about uh, X or Y, I should be able to say it and it should start. Uh, and that should be very uh, secure, it should never be any uh, errors in that communication. Do you have that metadata, metadata on your content now or have you had to review it? And, and Some of the metadata, it's, it's, it's not, uh, all the content is not, uh, it's not um, tagged the same way all over the company. Uh, so some have really rich metadata, some doesn't. So that is a problem, but I think that the, it, to be available very, very simple is the absolute core. No fancy, pansy stuff, just being available. Yeah. Uh, and the next level is uh, augmented, uh, where in this environment you can have a much richer uh, experience. So you say that the basic idea is like, okay, you listen to P3 and you hear a song that you like and you say, save song and you save it to a playlist on Apple Music or Spotify or wherever or on your own playlist. Uh, or you, listen, you, you start listening to a, a football match and you're entering the game on a linear uh, channel like 12 minutes in the game and you ask the assistant, what's the score? It's 2-0 to Sweden. Perfect. And then you move on. It's like you build around the already existent content. Uh, of course, skipping in live feeds would be also like skipping back, skipping to a certain segment. That is something that we are kind of interested in. But it would be even better if you could say, I would like to go back to the this on a live feed. Yeah, so you listen to a live feed and then you say, okay, I just entered the studio at and I would like to go back to the debate around mm -hmm, yeah. and then you jump back 25 minutes. Yeah. Uh, uh, but that is of course very a very hard work in, in trying to metadata tag yes. everything especially in real time so you metadata tag real stuff or re in real time. But I think that the experience would be great especially in cars. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or on bikes. On, exactly, on warm bikes, yeah, as a heavy biker as well as, as me. But um, uh, so that is the augmented uh, thing that you kind of use the existent material and then you build an, a richer experience around that. And then the third part is, of course, adapted material that is completely built for the assistant. Three different layers of Yeah, it. and the complexity gets more and more hard, of course, and the usage will probably be more and more less uh, because people won't actually use the adapted material. That is like, let's say that you have a dialogue with a, uh, with a host or you have uh, a crime, true crime story that you interact with and you make the decision in, in the story and things like that. Uh, I, I'm, I'm quite fascinated by this. I don't think that this will ever be like a core business uh, for us in at least five years from now, perhaps later on. But uh, I think it's too much this typical technical thing that 
it's fun because you're able to it, but you're not sure that people will use it. So I kind of always try to push back and think of, okay, what is the actual basic needs from the listening listeners and try to focus on that. And then it's extremely important that my team can work on different, interesting, super like lunar shot stuff because they learn so much so they can bring it back to the to this first level but uh, we don't have any high hopes that if we build like a christmas calendar for kids that is interactive that we will have like a massive amount of audience we don't think so and we know that we won't but it's yeah and it's really really early then for this technique as well so yeah maybe that will come maybe that will come yeah sure and we have to learn and everybody's trying now to, to understand much more and learning about the technology but it's so interesting because it's both it's both the technology in itself like the the, the assistance what they can do yeah. it is what we as a content provider in this environment can do or are able to provide to this assistant but it's equally uh, important what the listeners want to do yes. and how much they understand and how we or others are able to communicate what they can do so do you uh, how do you analyze that how do you do the analytics you're gonna have a lot of failed demands and yeah we, we can see what people we, we cannot see who has said something but we could see the line of what people have asked uh and uh really interesting it's really interesting and it's uh it's it's quite obvious and sometimes it's very frustrating because sometimes people say the right thing but it doesn't work anyway and things like that so so we can analyze that so we have this uh, person that's uh, a ux or a viewy uh, it's a new role uh, voice user interface uh, or interactions that uh, where he tries to understand what people are actually meaning or what they want or what yeah. they are looking for yeah. uh, talking about the competencies uh, what what kind of skill sets do you need to work you mentioned three different areas of yeah uh, voice interactions or voice uh, uh, content uh, I mean of course you need really good uh, developers uh, what I see more and more now is that the UX or viewy role is much more important than I thought in the beginning mm -hmm. because that's where some of the pain points are actually. Yeah. Uh, so you need that. And then uh, we have in, in the team a brilliant, you could call her a content coordinator or a project manager around content because when you do these kind of projects uh, there is this interaction between uh, an ordinary editorial department like a show that has done this show for 20 years and we want to build something around this we want to augment something around yeah, this yeah. so we have to bring the the content people that is doing actual ordinary radio and the developers sitting in the same room discussing okay what should we do and she will be the bridge between it because she is both an, uh, an editorial person from the beginning, but has been working with digital development for uh, quite a while. So is, she is a very important, like a, a bridge person, where she can understand both parties, in a way. Uh, do, can you use like the same processes 
has to do with maybe web or other types of uh, content or is it is this something new do you need to, is it is it a new logic in a way it's um, we use design sprints as well uh, we use uh, uh, those type of 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 methods of trying to focus an idea try to understand okay what is the need that we're trying to focus on and and how should we try to uh, bring a value to that need uh, but the thing that is not the same is that we don't have any user cases we don't we're not able to have a specific focus group we cannot have in that way uh, user testing that we do on an app or on web because either the people don't know about what this is or we are doing stuff that nobody has done before or perhaps someone has done but not the people that we are asking so even if you use a google home and we sit them and say okay what would you think about this feature uh, the people will will probably say yeah that's great that is the most common answer. They're super great because they don't want to make us disappointed because we have tried so hard. So, uh, so I think that we're not able to use the audience that much. What we try to do uh, much more is try to look, okay, what have other people, have, what have they done? What have the Germans done? Or what have the British people done? Or what has the Frenchmen done? And try to understand, okay, what did work there? So that's why the collaboration around Europe is so important because everybody has this problem and everybody has to work together in trying to. This is a great focus area. Yeah. That's interesting because I had we had the same experience when we we tried to use user test uh, on a concept level mm -hmm. some thoughts that we did another design sprint and it was really hard to get people to understand what to answer yeah. and what to if you could have a conversation trying to solve this problem would you do it they were like what. You can't. Yeah. They they couldn't they, they couldn't imagine what that would be like. So you probably need to like prototype it really, so you could talk to. You, you could have a, at least a uh, a linear uh, dialogue so yeah. that you could follow, and you have to say this, and maybe then they could kind of understand how to do it and say have an opinion on yeah yeah the quality of it. Yeah. But but it's uh, either they. Uh, are super confused and say that oh, I don't understand anything, or they, or they say this is super. But I would like it as well to do uh, make a pizza, and I would like it as well to. It's like when you when you open that door, it's like everything is possible, and you just want to try to solve one thing. Yeah. Uh, talking about statistics, yeah. Um, did I talk to SJ, uh, and they said uh, they saw a significant peak in usage last uh, Christmas. Did you see that as well? Last Christmas? Yeah, after last Christmas. Oh, because everybody got the... Yes, we saw a bit of a peak, uh, but we didn't see a significant peak. That uh, The problem for us is that we are, um, we are reached by different parties. We are reached by from our action. We're reached by our news feeds, the, the narrative news feeds, but we are probably mainly reached through a third-party aggregator called TuneIn. Or TuneIn. TuneIn, yeah. So when you say play P1 yeah. on Google Home, it will start by saying playing P1 through TuneIn. Mm. 
So it's a, it's a worldwide radio aggregator that we are present on. Uh, and so we have like different streams of statistics. So we have from TuneIn, we have the narrated, uh, narrated news, narrated, uh, narrative news. Uh, and then we have our own action. And right now we are forced to build around uh, our, our content around this action that we are kind of proud of because I think it's quite fresh, it's nice, it's uh, friendly, but we see that too few people realize that there is one. Yeah. We, we are having a problem reaching out to people saying, you should say this, talk to Swedish radio, and then you have your action going. Uh, so so we, we are struggling with making people understand that. But we didn't see like a massive boost. We saw though uh, a, a bit bit of a boost just before Christmas around our Christmas calendar. Mm -hmm. That was that was quite neat actually to see that people were actually using it. Yeah, uh, and how was the how has the, the usage or the statistics been this uh, this year the, since the, the the Google Action got uh, presented in Swedish? Yeah, has it been like a it has been it's been growing and especially around the third party aggregator the, the thing that we see that people are using it most is two stuff uh, it's the news uh, and and that is actually quite well used and it's a constant grow in in usage around uh, the news uh, people haven't in sweden what we can see have adopted that is a major feature in the states the news uh, feature narrative news uh, i don't know why but i tend to think that people don't use the Google Assistant or Google Home as a news provider solely. I think that perhaps this is because we have had such a strong public service channel since Sweden. So if you want to listen to news, you have already a news provider in P1 or P4. Uh, so it's kind of you let the, the, the linear station take care of the needs of your news. Uh, as in, in the States, you perhaps don't have the same structure of, of channels um, with public service, pure public service broadcasters. You have NPR, of course, but otherwise pure uh, public service broadcasters. So you have a need for news in, in a different way. Uh, so we have seen a, a, a growth in news, but what we have seen the most is a reach or growth in, in reach of, of the live channels. Yeah. And then through TuneIn. And that is through TuneIn. Uh, yeah. But we are reached uh, through that. And how is your thoughts on exploration? Uh, statistics say that fewer and fewer uh, go back to skills that they once used, uh, and you don't have a like a, a visual reminder that I have this, this app or stuff, stuff like that. You mean that the audience how they explore? Yeah, how to get them to use features and and, and podcasts and yeah. That is the million-dollar question. Uh, it is really, uh, and I don't have a good answer uh, on this. Uh, I think that uh, word of mouth is probably extremely important. You show your friend that uh, have you seen this, uh, as in the old days that you used, uh, like you showed your friend an app. Wow, this is available, cool, and then you download it. I, I, of course, think that you will be using much less apps than you do on a mobile phone because you can't remember. You have to have this visual uh, reminder. Uh, but that, that's why I, I always come back to 
the idea of, of doing something very, very basic. You should do the basic stuff first. Don't put your, all your eggs into something super cool and new because people won't use the super cool and new. They will use the stuff that they really need. So if they, re they, and we think that they really need radio or a podcast, that's where we should be focusing our effort. In. But uh, of course, I don't know. Perhaps I, I think that more and more devices will probably come with screens. Uh, uh, the, I think the development of screens will be uh, fast. Uh, it's obvious when you start using a, a screen device that it's, uh, it's not taking over any of the experiences that you enjoyed when you just have a speaker. Uh, it is not intrusive, you don't you don't actually use the visual feedback, but it's much more comfortable in having a visual feedback. Just the fact that you see what it records when you say something, that is great. Yeah. Uh, it kind of lowers the threshold of, of you being frustrated. If you see that it doesn't understand correctly, you say it again. Yeah. Otherwise, you have to have this negative response and then you get frustrated. So. I really think that uh, visual confirmation will be a thing. Yeah. I read, uh, I think it was just the other day, that now both uh, Google and Alexa have support for voice push not notification. Is that something that you would consider? Or Yeah, uh, uh, Alexa has had that for a while, I think. Uh, but I, I didn't know that Ale uh, Google has started with push notification. It's probably just in the States in the beginning. They always try stuff in the beginning in the States. But... Uh, uh, it could be interesting. I mean, if you listen to uh, Peter, Do Peter documentary or something. Yeah. Now it's a new ep episode out. And sure. Uh, the thing is that <clears throat> you have to be super careful about push notifications. I think that push we have seen when we have done push notification in the phone that people are... Uh, are really annoyed by too many push notifications, yes. and it's and I, I I imagine that you have like uh, a tolerance of push notification on the phone that you can have like four or five push notifications that you get annoyed by, and then you turn it off. I think that you have one push notification that you're annoyed at at home, and you will put it off yeah. uh, because it's extremely intrusive in your home. Yes. It's something. It's it's a completely different ball game if you have a push notification that you don't want. So, the so customization would be really. Yeah, and you have to like really think it's. Uh, it's of course like uh, there will be a lot of commercial channels, or sorry, don't have to be commercial channels, it could be a Swedish radio channel that will do uh, some kind of a uh, commercial or a fun shout out, shouting uh, on the radio, okay Google, play P5, 6, 7, mix Ricks, I don't know. Uh, and uh, you will do that once or twice and then you will not listen to that channel anymore because you th think it's kind of annoying that people are intruding in your home, I think. So, yeah, be careful with that, I would say. How did you end up with the tonality and personality? With the voice assistant of Swedish radio. Yeah. Well, we did actually quite a lot 
a job uh, around the personality uh, and to be honest this personality is of course as anything else a test to see is this what we tried to emphasize was something friendly something warm something uh, not uh, high-browed or a person that is looking down on you it should be very welcome welcoming uh, so that that was so we actually did uh, a design sprint around the personality so we have a person we have a persona <laughs> quite well uh, uh, developed persona what's she called billy billy yeah uh, but he or she is uh, uh, kind of because then we started using eva as a voice because she's a presenter at swedish radio and uh, we all love her voice uh, so uh, I can see in the future that we could have different voices. Yeah. Uh, perhaps through if you have different, if you offer, if you ask for different stuff, you will have different voices. Uh, and would you have you thought anything about uh, how personal or how much you would want to tweak the assistant? For example, you have uh, Alexa can whisper now. You have the whisper yeah, mode. Yeah. Yeah. Would that be creepy or just natural? What's your thoughts? <laughs> it's super fun. Haven't they, haven't they tried to, to make that Alexa... They did a, a test, I think I read, about where it actually, Alexa actually has feelings. So if you're super angry with her, mm. she will actually be a bit upset. So you cannot like treat her like a robot. And that's that's super mind blasting yeah. because then you have to start behaving like a person when you're talking to the assistant. Yeah. Um, like, uh, I mean, look at Westworld. Yeah, sure, exactly. Yeah. So this is also like, yeah, perhaps too early stage. We right now we're more focused on on. Uh, I want to have. Uh, I want to be able to say. I want to listen to the modern passet where Kodju talks about, where I want to have a, a great show when, when Kodju does impro um, uh, impersonations. I don't know what. I mean, something that guides me directly to what I want. Uh, that is uh, more crucial, I would say. Or perhaps given the news about, that is something that we are working on right now as well. So you could say that I want to have the latest news about x or y and then you have the specific news about that so a little bit about authenticity we've had some incidents with voice mimicking software yeah uh, one big a big one where uh, a major theft was done by a german executive was and his voice was synthesized as a phone call and transferred a large large sum of money uh, and the, the the development within synthesized voice is re going really really fast. So yeah. You don't need sixteen hours of, of uh, material to make it fairly good. Um, what's your thoughts on that development of the authenticity? Because that's probably really important for Swedish radio. Definitely, yeah, sure. Um, first of all, you could see a possibility in it uh, where you could actually synthesize a personality, uh, so you could have a really deep discussion with. The person that, or deep, but a yeah. discussion. We could have like a, um, uh, a guide 
to a show much more uh, elegant or much more in, uh, intelligent. Uh, that's the upside, of course. Uh, then you have the obvious downsides where people are replicating or uh, distorting our news with uh, with voices that sounds like people are that are that are ours and are yeah, working like with the news. news yeah. yeah, sure. Um, of course, this will be a, a major problem. I don't think that this is a problem for the div uh, uh, voice device area specifically. Uh, this is much more and probably even worse around social media. Mm. You will do this and you will post it on social media. Yeah. Uh, because on the voice device area you will probably know where you get the material because you have to ask for the material. I would say I would like Ekot yeah. and you will get from Ekot. Uh, but if you have like a feed and mm. someone posts something on, on yeah. uh, Facebook, yeah. you have no idea actually where it comes from. It could look like it's come from Ekot. Yeah. Uh, but if you start to have like your own personal news feeds that you, you get um, in the morning, like get, yeah. get my favorite pods, and then you have selected, pre-selected a couple of areas that you're interested in, you can have like a little segment that was from Swedish radio or Swedish radio. Yeah, you, but I think that, of course, that is uh, definitely a very scary possibility, but I think that... Uh, I, I, I really do think that the, the tech giants, in this case Google, are probably quite anxious to see that this doesn't happen. <laughs> uh, they're, they're, so I, I, I think the immediate danger is, or the, the most probable situation is, that someone would distort the news or someone would use the news and then publish it on a different platform because it's so much easier to do it there. Uh, and then uh, the news provider would spend a lot of time first trying to see that would probably go quite fast. This is not our news, but then you have to damage uh, uh, damage control around it. Uh, and I'm not sure that the news is perhaps the worst place where this could happen. Uh, I think that it could be much more damaging around politics and stuff like that. Yeah. And maybe this is, I mean, this is a novel interface and people have their guards down a little bit. So maybe it's, it takes a, a couple of those incidents for people to understand that this is something that you could could happen. Yeah. yeah. And the, the positive thing with the assistance being so stupid right now is that, I mean, you get a feed from a provider. That's how it works. Yeah. Uh, you get a feed from the provider, talk to Swedish radio, and then Swedish radio starts. And that's why Google reviewed a lot of actions because if if there is a different companies call themselves Swedish radio or mix megapool or I don't know Swedish government uh, and you're not really sure that this is from from the provider that you ask for then you have a problem but I think that that won't be the problem in the beginning I think they will have quite a good look at this yeah probably yeah what kind of development do you see moving forward with multimodal uh, I was thinking, since will it come to a point where you could cross-reference uh, content between uh, Swedish radio and Swedish television, for example? Yeah, sure. I mean, right now we're completely different companies. We don't work together in that sense. Uh, uh, I don't think that we we are about to do anything like that. But uh, and, and 
what I think right now that we are we we uh, ad adapted a strategy two or three years ago, two years ago, where we quite uh, firmly said that okay, our position is audio. Our position is audio first. Yeah. We don't do, I mean, we sometimes do very very little because you have to do it on a specific platform. We don't do video. We don't do that much text. We don't do. We don't. We don't put a lot of energy on that. We put a lot of energy on audio. Uh, and that's why we think that these devices, uh, even if they have a small screen, the device, the screen of the device won't be like a linear video or TV experience. It will be just be a small, hopefully just a small, uh, like uh, this is where you where you are, this is where you're listening uh, type of information. So Easy Radio recently announced that it will restructure one of the, the linear radio channels, P3. Uh, and liner, liner listening rates has plummet. Uh, for Swedish radio, the digital consumption of sound is a real disruptor. Uh, what, but what, what, and what risks and possibilities do you see uh, moving forward? It depends if you think that people don't listen to linear radio. Uh, I mean, you can see that P3 has dropped, uh, and as you say, it, it dropped quite fast. Uh, but you also see that. Uh, a lot of commercial radio don't drop. You can see that linear listening, in a way, have lost a bit. But if you if you look at it on a like five or ten years scope, yeah. it actually haven't lost that much listening. So in a way, you could say if you listen, if you look at the past eighteen months, you can see that yeah, P three is going like really, really bad. Uh, but if you zoom out and you say that, okay, young people are perhaps listening a bit less to linear radio. And that is quite obvious. I mean, they have a different habits. But is there a way where you could do a radio channel or a, like a combination of on-demand or live channels uh, for this audience? Perhaps that is an opportunity where we can see in the future that you could do stuff and that and I think that these devices are excellent for that type of experience where you can kind of switch uh, perhaps on a, let's say a linear offering where you could switch and build your own linear offering. I don't think that what we see on P3 is the end of either P3 or the end of linear radio. I, I think it's disturbing but I think that the people that are working with P3 right now is doing a super job trying to understand okay this is the new audience this is uh, what we need to do so um, I, I I used to work with P3 uh, a couple of years ago uh, and it's super fun to see what they're doing now because I think they're doing a brilliant job really a brilliant job more and more develop their own voice assistant uh, Deutsche Telekom Orange Bank of America and in your industry uh, BBC has their own beep so they're creating their own ec ecosystem when is Swedish radio yeah, uh, doing their own, their own uh, <laughs> voice system. Uh, that's, this is a project that we are in this European community is of course very highly interested in and, yeah. and, and BBC are always uh, showing and, and uh, discussing uh, the problems and the opportunities with this. I have no idea when we will do this. Uh, I mean this, this is both an extremely lent forward project uh, that is 
risky or perhaps it's just what a public service project or company should do or not or and you can imagine okay where should this type of assistant where should it live in what type of device should it live of course you can see that okay sonos for instance is a device where you can choose between alexa and, and google perhaps you could choose alexa google or bbc yeah. fine but then the problem is okay you have choose, chosen one uh, assistant either you can have all three going at the same time uh, the risk of having a total meltdown is probably quite big but if you go for BBC as the provider, yeah. what happens to what happens to these uh, kind of uh, things like set a timer, what's the weather, how long will it go for me to travel to work, uh, yeah. uh, call my friend? Should they build that type of intelligence, or should they leave that to another party? And even more problematic perhaps is let's say that they can leave that to other parties what should they do with all the different content audio content should they be the actual aggregator of content for Britain so all the commercial radio channels all the commercial podcasts should go through BBC super interesting but uh, I think they are I think they are discussing everything right now uh, but of course, they understand the problems with being an aggregator and being a, uh, an editorial company at the same time. I mean, you have companies like uh, Soundhound, for example, mm -hmm. that build, they, I think they build for Deutsche Telekom, and, uh, and they provide the base. They, could, they can set a timer and they can do yeah. this basic stuff. But, but as you say, I mean, if you have on... Uh, uh, if Amazon have 10,000 developers building that native framework and the AI and the machine learning, yeah. it's going to be hard to, to, to keep, up the, keep up with pace. Even yeah. if BBC is a, a big player, they're not, they're not Amazon. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. And should they spend a lot of money building that or refining and uh, uh, reviewing their functions, trying to keep up with Alexa and, and uh, Google Assistant. Uh, I, 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 it's super fascinating. There is really no simple answers, but I, I'm, I'm much more concerned or I think it's much a, a bigger trouble if you want to become the aggregator. Yeah. What do you do with your independence when you have to provide a podcast that is like super pro Brexit on the BBC platform? Or should you could you be able to divide that? Yeah, because uh, you're going to be the first layer. You're going to be the one that provides the answer then. Yeah, and that's so, kind yeah. of it, for me. That's a little bit of a problem or something that I think about. That you don't have any free internet. You always go into a, through a mediator or yeah. someone that will choose for you when you say, listen to. Uh, a good history pod or yeah uh, what's a good lunch restaurant nearby uh, so then they will inherit that problem that role that role yeah, yeah. Uh, being a public service or you could say that is perhaps that is the public service so an easy question now uh, where's the radio in five years time mm. 2024 uh, I think that 
quite much the same. I think that we have live linear uh, channels. I think that the live channels will be much more live. I think that we will try to look at what live is in a much... I mean, we have these live channels that are live and they should be probably much more emphasized about being live. I think that we have a very vibrant on-demand uh, uh, environment. I think that we have a lot of new formats about uh, on-demand. Today the on-demand is quite strict. It's 95% of them are around an hour, perhaps 30 minutes or 20 minutes or yeah. 45 minutes. Or, yeah. but, uh, Maybe you should just ref uh, reframe the, the, the liner, linear radio saying it, it's live radio. Yeah, as, you, as I saw Alibaba, they do a lot of live shopping. When you can yeah. stream, you can stream and, and see people showing. It's a big thing stuff. in China. It's, it's I big, yeah. yeah, so maybe it's, yeah, expand the, the live thing. Yeah, yeah, and everything goes through WeChat, right? Yeah. And then you buy it through that. I think that the environment will be quite the same. I think that uh, I think that of course the most exciting stuff will be uh, around new formats, and I think or hope that. People are listening uh, and getting a much more precise experience. Mm -hmm. So if you listen to a live stuff, live show, live, uh, live radio, you are able to build upon that live experience either by going back because you missed something or switch to something when you hear something that is not fun and then you go back to the live stream. Uh, it all depends if it's super easy and it makes sense and it's never you have the the uh, you're feeling scared that you will lose touch with your original uh, live channel that you're listening to then perhaps that could happen but five years is not that long actually <laughs> Good perspective. yeah uh, thank you for your time and sharing your knowledge and experience with the listeners thank you, thank you. Thank you.